Gracious and loving God, I ask that you would prick our hearts and our minds and our souls so that we will be sowers of good seed. Father, I ask that you would move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth be a sweet meditation unto your heart. Let whatever is in us as a body focus completely on you. For you are the one true and living God. Direct us, nurture us, guide us so that this word will move into action in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. We are moving into this passage and the passages that are gathered today to help send forth this word are Psalm 139, Romans 8, 12 through 25, and this Matthew passage, Matthew 13. Amen. I won't go line by line through all of these passages, but I want you to understand that there is an intersection where our faith is going to be stretched. So in order for us to help sow into hope, I want us to have an action. Amen? So just move your arms out to the side. Don't punch anybody. Don't hit anybody to the side because you're going to be stretched a little. And I want you to look and see what you see when we put our arms out. If we stretch our arms wide, we're literally signifying the cross. Amen? Because our vertical and horizontal body reminds us that there's a cross in each of us. There's a cross that God has already bared for each of our sins. But every now and then, we have to be reminded through the scripture that God is trying to stretch us and teach us in many different ways. Today's sermon really connects to a sermon that I preached last week because we started the parable section in the gospel. We have been looking at the book of Romans and seeing the lessons that God is teaching, but I wanted to bring forth some of the high and great teaching out of the gospels because a lot of times we forget how the Bible literally works together to enrich our lives. So before I actually jump into this sermon, I want you to give a hand clap of praise for worship. Amen. God has brought forth the worship and he has moved in this place. And so we need to acknowledge that worship is real. I also want you to give praise and thanksgiving to people who come and work diligently to help set things up. Because we don't arrive and everything, it looks just like this. Things happen and this place gets transformed. So give them a hand clap of praise. But outside of who we are and what we do, there is a world. And there are things going on around the world that impact our lives. 
Does anybody in here read the newspaper? Just raise your hand. Whether you read it, you know, on paper or online or in different ways, but you get the news one way or the other. How many of you are TV watchers? We got any TV watchers? Okay, we got some of those. How about radio listeners? Anybody read, listen to the Okay, so we get our news in various forms. The headlines are challenging. There are times when you look at the news and you say, that's the corner store up the street from me. Uh, that's in my neighborhood. That's in my part of the world. And what happens when we get some news that's in our part of the world that's a little unnerving? If we're not careful, we'll watch the news for the next four or five hours. We'll go to CNN. We'll check two or three local stations. We'll turn on the radio because we want to affirm that what we have heard really is the truth. Because some of us are saying, you know, that's a media situation, and I, I think they're not telling the truth. Let me go to another TV station and see if they got the same thing. The harsh reality is the world is going on and on and on. And as Christians, God is calling us to impact the world. So we can't be out here and they're out here and we never intersect and cross into the space of the world. God has called us to grow in spite of what the world is doing. So a lot of times we get what, what happens? We get discouraged. We see the news report and then we declare for the next week. I'm not going to read the paper because last time I read the paper, something happened. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to turn on 6 o'clock news because they say better things at 3 o'clock. So if I do, if I, I take my little 3 o'clock break and I'll listen to the news on the radio, I'll feel better. Are we giving the seeds over to the world? Are we being responsive as Christians in the world? The teaching sermon today is to hook up from where we left off last week. Last week I preached on spirit and soul, and this week I'm actually preaching on the reality that we need to sow into the hope. If you want to break it down even further, it's not sow into the hope, it's just sow hope. We need to sow some seeds of hope. If we're going to really be who God is calling us to be, we need to be about the business of sowing hope. Mm-hmm. You see these flowers? How do you think they started? Did you think one day they just came up and all of a sudden there was flowers? Somebody's responsibility was to sow some seeds. Whether it was in a commercial garden, whether it was in Mama's garden, somewhere these flowers began with mere seeds. So we have to sow hope and then we have to be a part of making sure that is nurtured so that those flowers eventually will come to pass. Then we have to pay attention. Deep down in each of these pots, there are roots that we don't see at the surface. Each of us have spiritual roots that are deep down. And it's important for us to recognize that those roots are nurtured over and over and over. When we are mere children and we're singing our favorite song, Jesus loves the little children. And that's the only song we know because that's the one we learned in class. And then our friend taught it to us and we went to camp and they were singing it too. And they went to a whole nother church. 
It's about recognizing that the seeds begin at a very young age. But if we are not willing to keep sowing and nurturing and caring and pruning and allowing God to move, we don't see a plant like this. You don't know the history of that plant, but that plant is five years old. And for a person who's not a grower, I was, I, I, Donnell said, we're going to separate these plants so they can then grow bigger. Because all of this used to be one pot. Okay? And I said, it, it's a nice looking plant. Just, just leave it alone. Don't bother with it. It's growing really good just like it is right now. And that's what's happened in the life of the church. A lot of times we get comfortable with it just like it is right now. So we don't sow into hope. We sow into our own personal reality. Keep it like it is because I'm comfortable. But if we had never broke the pot up and gave the plot a chance to grow into its own plan all unto itself, it would have crowded itself out. And eventually all the roots would have done what? Strangled one another because it's been too much in one pot, and it would have been agitated, and it would have just said, forget it, I'm not growing anymore. But what does that have to do with sowing hope? The Matthew passage this day gets a little deep. If we look at the parable, because a parable is a teaching experience, it gives us insight, it gives us direction, it gives us guidance, but it gives us examples of situations that will cause us to stretch. The parable of the wheat and the shaft is what it's called at some point. This is what this Matthew passage is. But then when you intersect it with the Psalm passage, which says, search me and know who I am. We are inviting God in to do that which God has already said he wants to do. He wants to make each of us whole. He wants to make each of us well. He wants to make each of us mindful of what his purpose is directed in us. So when he searches us and he knows that we are doing something out of the contrary, do you think God is pleased when we're upside down? We have to say thank God for grace. Because his grace is sufficient, his grace will keep us, his grace will make things different, but his grace is not given to us to ignore that he's called us to do the right thing. Well, I want you to know that most of this really is the preparation in the background. Because the scripture that God is saying through this word, when we sow hope, what we do is we recognize that the kingdom of God is now. Back in the day, people would get to know God for fire insurance reasons. Anybody know what fire insurance is? I want fire insurance in my spiritual life so that my everlasting life won't be in a hot place. Amen? That's what fire insurance is in our spiritual well-being. We would get us some, and, and we would keep trading in the policy. I'm, I'm going to get a 10-day policy so I can be good for Jesus Christ for 10 days. And then when I'm done with them 10 days, I'm, I'm going to see what I'm going to do next. And, and then I give me a 25-day policy. Fire insurance policy was literally to help us keep ourselves. But in reality, we can't buy a fire insurance policy 
as we used to think we could. And the conditions of the world are tragic, but there is hope in Jesus Christ. So no matter what the world says, no matter what the situation is, we have to be willing to say, I'm going to go with the garden that Jesus has set up for me. I'm going to pay attention to the seeds that he wants me to plant. I'm going to pay attention to the realities. When the slaves went to their master in Matthew, they asked, did did you plant those weeds in that garden? Was was it you? Maybe it was you. I think you planted some some weeds in that garden. And the master said, I didn't plant any weeds because I planted good seeds in this soil. I didn't plant any seeds that was out of order. They said, okay, what you want us to do now? Dig them up? All of this garden, all of these rows, everything we plant in here, you want us to just dig it up? He said, oh, no. When the harvest comes. I have the people, the persons who go and pick up the garden, I have them separated. I have them put the weed over here, the good stuff, and then I have them put the, the weeds over here, and they'll get burned up. The weeds, if you continue to read that scripture, to read the weeds are the seeds of demonic planting. There are things that are out of order in this world that are already here that are being planted. And you can keep trying to dig them up and get a perfect garden or you can leave them alone and realize that they're part of the world. If you are the good seed that God has planted, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to be transformed or you think you're going to get choked out by the weeds so you don't want to step out into the world? You don't want to get to the real deal. And you're saying, okay, Pastor, um, uh, can, can, can you give us a, a, a thought of hope in this passage? Because I'm not feeling it. I'm not comfortable with it. Well, I want you to think about these three questions. Verse 27. The slaves say, did you not see the good soil in the field? Where these weeds come from? So if we're going to recognize weeds and wheat, we have to believe that we didn't plant the weeds. If God has transformed my life and he's using us, he's causing us to plant some good seeds. But recognize every garden that you have, there are going to be some weeds. Expect them. And understand that God is in the business of doing something with those weeds, not you. It doesn't mean you don't have to pay attention and see what they are. But you can't afford to be so high and mighty. And ignore the fact that God has called you to sow into hope. And then verse 28, it asked him, do you want us to go out and gather them up? Pay attention to what the master said. No, I'm not asking you to take the weeds out the garden. Know that they there. I know they there. You know they there. Leave them there because that's part of the real world. There are going to be some things that grow up in your garden that you did not plant. So God is going to take care of that. That's good news. Okay, maybe your garden is not a green garden. Maybe your garden is your children. Maybe your garden is your family. Maybe your garden is your job. But maybe your best garden is your spiritual well-being. 
You've been asking God for the last 10 years. What are you trying to grow through me? But you haven't let go for him to show it to you. So even though he has good seeds and good soil and he's directing you in lots of different ways, you're still trying to hold on to everything and you're inviting more weeds to come because you don't want to let go and let God have his way. Psalm 139.7 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Whatever decisions we make, the places we want to go, the time that we spend, God is everywhere. So don't think, Miss Thelma, I'm going to pick on you for a minute. Don't think when you got that great big electric bill and your budget just got crooked, that God wasn't in your mind when you thought that thought, what in the world is this? Because we got a bill just like that. And my faith is strong and I feel like God is a provisionary God and he's going to take care of everything. But when I opened up the bill and saw what it was, I said, well, do we need to be that cool? My goodness gracious. But God was right there in my thoughts. He was right there in my mind. He was right there on top of things. Because he knows me and he searches me. And when I've invited him to search me, he really does a good digging down. Doesn't he do some good digging down? And then show you yourself all in front of yourself. And you be like, okay, I'm trying to walk by faith, not by sight. I'm trying not to get nervous. I'm not going to turn off the Channel 6 News. I'm not going to turn off 5 o'clock news because I'm not going to get nervous. Because God is seeding into my life a hope that is greater than I can imagine. But what does it mean that the kingdom of God is right now? News flash. Bing, 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 bing. News flash. Harvest time is right now in all of our gardens. God's timing and God's harvest is simply the time where he will separate the wheat from the weeds. Not before, not any later, but he's going to separate in all of our lives the wheat from the weeds. And truthfully speaking, if we were to pitch a tent right there, we better hope and pray that he doesn't start separating right now. Because some of us got work to do. We hope grace will fall over. We hope a lot of love will come. We thank God for the forgiveness and the worship that we're in right now. But some of us are in tough places, and we don't know how to acknowledge, Lord, I want to be wheat. I do not want to be a weed. I don't want to be a weed. I don't want to be raggedy. I don't want to be strangling the growth. I don't want to be upside down. I don't want to be out of your will. God, help me to get there. How do I become wheat? How do I become good seed? How do I grow by grace? What is it that I need to do? How do I get to that harvest time? How do I get into the hope that is real? Scripture reminds us that we need to see and hear that the kingdom of God is now. And that Psalm 139 reminds us that he is searching our hearts and that we are giving him the invitation to search our hearts. But more important than anything else, 
we can take the weed and we can digest the whole characteristics of what the weed is and the whole characteristic of what the weed is, but it can break it down into two things. Sin and righteousness. If you want to be righteous for the Lord, there has to be a willingness for God to literally search your heart and say it's time. I'm waiting. I'm wanting to transform your situation. I don't need you to remind anybody of what happened in the past. I was there with you. I have gone to the depths of hell and the heights of heaven with you. I know everything about you. I know the secrets of the secrets. And I still love you. You can't do anything to stop me from loving you. Period. That's the good news. So if we're going to sow by hope, we have to be willing to say, okay, my eyes are open. I see it's getting deep. I really want to close them. As a matter of fact, I really want to put the cover over my head and just can we get past the news and I don't want to see any more headlines. Just take me now, Lord. That's what some of us see when the situation gets so tight and we're saying, by faith, you want to make me new? Can you do it now? We can't rush God. For the final harvest literally is a time of judgment. If God came right now, would you be ready to go home? If God came right now, would you be ready to go home? It's not about being ready to go home. It's about understanding the kingdom of God that is here right now. And that we are to live as sowers of hope. Paul writes in the book of Philippians that he hasn't yet arrived, but it's time to still be transformed. We want to understand that we can embrace a great deal of scripture. We can even recognize how God is moving, but the first step in a million mile journey is taking that first one. You'll never get through the journey if you never take the first step. So if you want to be a sower of hope, you have to be willing to say, Lord, use me. I'm going to open up my heart and give it to you. Transform me, not to be transformed for myself, but to give a testimony of the fact that you have sown hope in me and you are calling me to sow hope in somebody else. We have to be willing to say, I will open up my arms and be stretched, Lord, because I'm truly uncomfortable about some things. But there's something that you have called me to do, and I want your will to be done with holy boldness. And so I'm going to embrace the fact that it's time for us to recognize God has called each of us into a land of harvest. It doesn't mean that we won't live where the weeds are. And we need to stop pretending that our garden is so clean and we don't have no weeds. Because every one of us in here got a little weed whacker and we can cut it down to the edge, but it's still got a root. There's weeds around our spot. It's weeds of discontent, weeds of disorganization, weeds of challenge, weeds of disobedience. We all got a weed somewhere growing up in our space. But we have to ask God, root us in good soil so that we will not be choked 
and that your grace and love will renew and revamp our whole lives. It doesn't happen in the time that we want it to happen. Through grace, through mercy, through seeds of righteousness, through recognizing that we are sowing into the hope, not any, any other hope, but we're sowing into the hope for Jesus Christ. The one and true and living gardener is ready to separate and there will be a plentiful harvest. We have to decide that we want to grow spiritually today. And then take the first step to say, give me a garden, Jesus. Turn up your worship. Turn up and serve God. Turn up to pray for one another. God, I ask that you would water your garden with lots of love. Cultivate it. Bring forth abundance into your garden. Help it reap a good harvest from generation to generation to generation. And then as we continue to garden, keep showing up God with the sunshine. Keep giving us a word that we would study and know you better. And keep making time for prayer. He wants to garden in all of our lives. No matter where we are, he wants to take us higher and higher and higher. Somebody in your life needs to be saved. And it might be you. Church are open. Don't miss this day. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he wants one with you. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, it's an awesome opportunity to come before you and invite people, your people, to know your goodness, your love, and your mercy. We will leave this holy ground and we will go into the world. And there are weeds that are going to try to choke our joy. But Lord, I ask that an anointing would go with us. From the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Prick our hearts that makes that heart good soil. 
Lord, I ask that you would continue to rain down your anointing and let the bondage of fear be broken. Let the sin be removed from our lives. Let us be transformed into the people you have called us to be. And no, it won't happen overnight. But stir up our hearts, Lord. Stir up our gifts. Stir up our mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is holy ground. Stand on it. Kneel on it. Cry in this place. But Lord, let your anointing pierce us in those hurtful places. Make us new. For this is holy ground. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, amen, amen.